Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Coming up, football and some projected salary cap casualties. Casey's definitely going to be out the door. The NFL's new fiscal year is fast approaching. Atlanta is feverishly trying to get him done. Some big names may be on the market. Justin Houston and his big contract, he could be stepping out the door. And we project some landing spots for several players. Oh, I keep on saying this, Saint. This is the Scouts Honor Podcast with inside information. Would Le'Veon Bell be an ideal replacement for Marshawn Lynch? And unique perspective. I'm hearing crazy things with Philadelphia right now. From Super Scout Dave T. Thomas and your host, Paul Crane. Hello again, everyone. I'm Paul Crane, back with a publisher of the NFL Draft Report, who has been dealing with the NFL and its teams for more than four decades, and the Director of Operations of Scouting Services, Inc., Mr. Dave T. Thomas. Dave T., so much to discuss. Today, our football podcast is going to focus on potential veteran cap casualties as the NFL's fiscal year is about to begin in mid-March. Hey, Bug, you know what's coming up right now? Everybody's sitting and looking in their cupboard and saying, what do I got? Could I let this guy walk out the door? I think that even with a draft, which is highly, highly projected as being a defensive lineman draft, you're going to see at least five defensive uh, veteran defensive linemen ended up with a franchise tag within the next week. We've got one in Atlanta we're going to talk about in just a moment, but why don't we start in a place where the one deal of note that's that happened was Joe Flacco being traded to the Denver Broncos, which has put quarterback Case Keenum among those as potential cap casualties. So let's start there. What do you see going on in Denver with Case Keenum in particular? Well, Case is definitely going to be out the door. Uh, John Elway, that's another one of his follies over there, followed by Paxton Lynch before that. I think what you're going to see is that teams are going to be sitting back, looking at what's going to happen with Denver, not only by uh, cutting uh, Keenum, but what they're going to have to take on on their cap as far as dead money goes. You look at a Keenum situation, if I'm Jay Gruden right now, and I know I got myself a big boy that's going to be sitting out with a big salary, Keenum looks like a logical destination for Washington if he could come in on a lower payroll. Of course, Alex Smith with the injury that's going to keep him from playing next year. Huge cap implications for the Redskins. And Colt McCoy is there as well. But if if, and that's how big an if is that for Case Keenum when he may have some other options? Well, you know, Case has to look around. It's going to be restarting up again. He ended up with that uh, quite a bit of bucks from uh, Denver just based off of one season. Other people say, could he end up backing up Eli Manning in uh, with the Giants? Well, he knows Sherman's system pretty well, but I don't know. I'm looking at this guy. I'm not looking to bring him in as my starter, even as a stopgap type. Which would, even if Pat Shermer had interest of bringing him in with Eli another season, that would keep the Giants in play for drafting a quarterback. 
whatever the Giants do as far as a veteran goes, if Hatfield is sitting there when they come up on the board in the draft and they do not take Dwayne Haskins, the New York Giants will now become the New Jersey Giants because every New York fan will throw them out of town. With that said, before we leave the Denver Broncos, Brandon Marshall is there, but for how long? He's gone. I mean, he's out the door. The Gene Jackson is going to be out the door down at Tampa Bay. There is going to be so many high-priced veterans out there on the market due to cap issues, due to performance issues. This is going to be a great time to sit back over there and try to get some of these guys on the cheap. Before we leave quarterback situations, some other places, you've already touched base with Washington and Denver. How about Miami? You've been talking about Ryan Tannehill being a target for being out the door for quite a while, and he may not be the only Dolphin that could become a kept casualty. From what I'm hearing, the Dolphins are looking to move up into the draft to take Snow White's little friend out of Oklahoma. Well, I know that's not a compliment for Kyler Murray because of his size, but you say that the Dolphins are now in the mix. You've talked about... John Gruden at Oakland being in love with him. And, of course, everyone's going to be watching Arizona. How many teams, and as we do this prior to Murray showing up at the Combine, do you think are really looking at moving up or taking Murray in the first round? Unless I got a bunch of six-foot-tall offensive linemen, how could I draft a five-foot-eight, five-foot-eight-and-a-half quarterback and put him behind that line? I don't know. I'm looking at this thing over here, and I'm just going back. I'm looking at Doug Flutie. I'm looking at Johnny Manziel, and I'm saying, Kyler Murray, you're going to fall right into that fold. Before we leave the Dolphins, I mentioned a lot of guys. Wide receiver Devontae Parker, wide receiver Danny Amendola, defensive end Andre Branch. How, how likely are any or all of these to become cap casualties? Oh, most definitely, but they have to also worry is that they got an offensive tackle that seems to be getting a lot of eyes from the big blue folks because he could play the right side. That's Jawan James. I think Miami right now feels that, hey, listen, we've been mediocre for so long. Why not tank it? Go out there. we got a new coach coming in. He's got himself for several years on his contract. Let's go and rebuild this system, but let's rebuild it right with the young guys. Before we leave the quarterback position and maybe go to defensive line that you had talked about, what about Ryan Fitz? Why do I see Fitz eating a lot of cheese on the sidelines in Green Bay next year? Oh, yeah, you know, you're looking at two guys that are 35-plus, but, you know, they've tried a lot of those young kids over there. They still have Kaiser, even though I think Kaiser is vastly overrated. But, you know, Fitz up there, or even Fitz whispering in the ear of uh, uh, Mayfield up at Cleveland. Fitz is a good guy to have on the bench. He's a good guy to bring in as your relief pitcher. He'll end up getting a nice deal somewhere. It will be a one-year short-term deal. Unfortunately, another one of those, uh, how could I put a great, Beards will probably be knocking on a door and not getting much interest, and that's McCown coming out of uh, the New York Jetfold. Well, Josh McCown has been around for a long, long, long time, and he has certainly gotten the job done, but I can remember him playing in that United Football League back in 2010. Well, you know, you're also talking about the other man, Glennon. Uh, Glennon might be out the door with Arizona, but hey, if uh, Kingsbury keeps uh, Kingsbury keeps on talking the way he talks over here, and they do something nutty with that first pick in the draft, I don't even think they could get anything more than a late first round, or probably even a two, for Josh Rosen if they put him on the market right now. Another situation we'll keep an eye on, but if Glennon were to leave Arizona, what what might be a, a likely landing spot for him? 
Well, you look at the Jets with Sam Donald, he'd be nice over there whispering into his ear. You look up in New England, even though they have Hoyer backing up Brady, uh, but I still see New England doing something in this draft probably early. A lot of people are saying, oh, they like Kyler Murray. One, he's not going to be there at the end of round one. Two, I think they're going to wait till the second round where they could get the kid out of North Carolina State, which they like a whole lot better than Ryan Finley. Hmm. Well, let's start moving to some defensive players and some other situations. You had talked about some defensive linemen, interior linemen, that may find themselves franchised. And let's start in Atlanta, where the Falcons are working to try to find some money to sign Grady Jarrett to a long-term deal. that hasn't happened yet, but is, uh, is he a likely uh, candidate for a franchise tag? And what are some other uh, ramifications that could happen with the Falcons? Atlanta is feverishly trying to get him done before the free agency period opens up. If not, they're going to have no choice but to put the tag on him. You're talking about the best under-tackle in football. They let him loose on the market. Uh, You would see at least two dozen teams knock, knock, knocking on Grady's door. The big thing is, even though they signed Grady, they're going to have to go in the draft very early and get him a compliment uh, at those two interior positions. A lot of people are talking about Ed uh, Ed Oliver as their choice at number 14 out of Houston, but I look at Mr. Lawrence, who didn't get a chance to play in uh, the championship game for Clemson. I think you put Lawrence and Jarrett together. Ooh, buddy, man, I don't want to be a running back next year. And you know, Atlanta also has a pleasant problem that where they're sitting out there on the board. They got Edo Smith. They got Foreman who was banged up. What did they do with Tevin Coleman? All questions being asked in Atlanta and Lawrence could be available at 14, especially the way some quarterback things might happen in front of that. You know, I look at Lawrence, and he, no matter what happened over at Clemson and all that issue, I look at him as my number two DT on the board. Mr. Oliver is not my number one, number two, or not even my number three. What would I don't know. I look at Oliver. I remember Glenn Dorsey. remember him coming out of LSU with all that hype and everything. And every time people mention Aaron Donald and Ed Oliver in the same uh, uh, venue, all I could say is the only thing I find uncommon, they walk out on a football field. You have been throwing shade on that comparison for months and well, look at what's happened, Paul. We're talking about that in the beginning of the season. This guy was all-world. It was either him or Bosa, him or Bosa. Next thing you know, you're seeing him doing, how could I put it, the Drew Carey yodel going down the hill instead of up the hill. <laughs> right now, he's considered no more than a mid-first-round draft pick. Hell, if I was drafted in this thing, even Nicky Bosa or Nicky Bosa or not, I'm still going for Quinton Williams out of Alabama. That's the best player you could find in this draft. You have been clear on that the last couple of weeks in particular. Before leaving the Falcons, what about the future of Vic Beasley? What are the Falcons uh, doing or trying to do with him, and what ultimately may happen? Well, unfortunately for the Atlanta Falcons, any young man died many years ago because uh, right now Thomas Dimitrov is running around the league going, take Vic Beasley, please. Uh, you saw during uh, the trading deadline, nobody was really interested in him. Uh, a guy like Fowler ends up moving before Beasley. You know, when you're staring there with $12 million on the table, okay, I, I, for fantasy football, sacks are fine. But when I'm playing real football over here and you're giving up seven, eight yards a clip against the run, I don't want you on my football field. Could Vic Beasley become a cap casualty? Almost definitely, especially if they have to come up with the ducats to bring Grady Jarrett back. 
And then you look at this draft ball. I mean, you could go well into the second, third round and find yourself some quality pass rushers out there. The Falcons will be a team to watch with some big names. What about the Kansas well, City? Well, if, if they cut Vic, if they cut Vic, you know, they always have that pipeline to Arizona. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, Brooks Reed, Alfred. I, I, I mean, what's next over there? <laughs> well, that might be Beasley's first call uh, if, if it happens. But I started to mention the Kansas City Chiefs. That's another team that we need to watch closely on what they're going to do regarding the cap. Yeah, because you're going to end up with either or. If they put the cap on D. Ford, which is 110% going to happen, that means you look at Justin Houston and his big contract, he could be stepping out the door. If I have my choice between the two of them, I look at the youngster in Ford, I look at the seven force fumbles and 13 sacks last year, I say, Mr. Houston, it's been nice knowing you. That would put a very good player still on the open market. Oh, yeah, because you look at what the Giants need right now. You look at what New England needs right now. Having Houston out there coming in on a short-term deal, yeah, it's, people will pounce on him real quick. He might even end up with a better deal than he has right now with KC. Hmm, wow. Uh, moving on from that, uh, another team that's going to have a lot of decisions to make because they've got a, a player that they may throw the tag on, Demarcus Lawrence. What about the Dallas Cowboys and some things they need to have happen or may might might make happen? Yeah, but that was a no-brainer putting a tag on this guy. They had all year to get a deal done. Jerry was just hemming and whoring. They can't let this guy loose out there. I mean, if you talk about any player out there with a the potential of being a free agent, of being the top dog on the, uh, in the junkyard, that would be Demarcus Lawrence. Now, if you end up getting Demarcus Lawrence done, that will probably take you out of the running for Earl Thomas, especially if Seattle does something stupid over there and put a tag on him. But I'm looking at Lamarcus Joyner, the safety from the Rams, who likely will not be tagged, who I think will probably play a honey badger role for Dallas, which will be a better option of bringing Thomas in. That sure would be interesting, but the Cowboys have Sean Lee. Do you think he's going to come back, or are they whispering behind closed doors saying something about, don't come back and, and make us do something we'd rather not do? Well, you know, Sean Lee came out the other day and said, I intend on playing. But after Smith and Van Der Esch last year, uh, you know, they might be playing a different tune called Hit the Road, Jack, and Don't You Come Back. I think that what they're going to end up doing with Sean Lee is telling him, listen, let's reduce this deal over here. Let's play player coach instead. I just don't see them holding on to Sean Lee at the salary that they're paying, not with those two youngsters on board. And what about projections of last year we thought the Cowboys would do a little more of, on the wide receiver market after uh, cutting uh, Des Bryant, but you see the Cowboys being pretty active uh, in veteran free agency even before we get to the draft at the wide receiver position, depending on what other teams might do? More of an in-and-out thing. I think Hearns is going to be out the door. I think that the guy that they're really talking to right now is the Chargers, Tyrell Williams, because this is one big play artist. And my fingers are crossed on my stud from three years ago that bombed out because of bad knees. From what I hear, he is just blowing away down there in practices. Watch Devin Smith, the former New York Jets second rounder. If this kid could come back healthy over there and they end up with Tyrell Williams, Dak Prescott will say thank you very much now. Now let's get my contract done. What's the likelihood of oh, a wide receiver like the Ravens, Michael Crabtree, or Tampa Bay's Deshaun Jackson uh, being on the market? 
Well, they both definitely will be on the market, but if I'm the Dallas Cowboys right now, I'm looking at them as more option C than even as an option B. Tyrell Williams is a perfect suit for them over there. If Devin Smith makes it back, they got two blazing guys on each side of flanker and that split end. You turn around, I don't think that Beasley will be coming back next year. I think a little bit of his tongue will probably get him out the door more than his feet did, but... I think you're going to see a massive change in the wide receiving unit. And also, remember, too, coming up in the draft, there's D.K. Metcalf over there. That could be that big boy who could play to Kenny Galladay for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go on to, say, other places in Tampa Bay and New England and Oakland, you had mentioned Earl Thomas. If Seattle does not tag him, and it's hard to imagine they would after all that's gone on, they where do you see They can't pull Look what's going on up there right now. Look at the animal. Well, an animal both on and off the field. You've only got one tech. They're not going to go ahead and let Frank Clark walk out the door, not after what he's done the last two years. And you also have to look at the age difference between the two of them over there. I think that Earl Thomas has really burnt his bridges over there as far as the front office goes. So if I'm coming down to an either or an or, i got to go with Frank. Then Thomas, who... We've been. It feels like we've been talking about Earl Thomas maybe ending up with the Cowboys for the better part of a full year. If they do, if the Cowboys do things that might tie up money in a way they couldn't do it, if Thomas doesn't end up with the Cowboys, what are, what's a likely landing spot for him? Oh, I keep on saying the Saints. You look at the way that they play Dean down there. You put him into that secondary. They automatically uh, replace the guy that Peyton has been crying over, let him walk out the door, Malcolm Jenkins. And they've done a lot trying to do that in free agency over the years. Champ Bailey and others have come in, and they haven't been able to fill the position that way, but they've made it clear they're not afraid to try. Well, if the Giants are foolish and let Landon Collins go out there on free agency, that's another guy that could be a very big difference maker down there for the Saints. They need, how can I put it, they need that center fielder in their secondary. Collins, Thomas, they're perfectly suited for what Peyton wants to put on the field. Before we put a ribbon on Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians in there now, what are some potential cuts uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I know Gerald McCoy has been a, a, a solid player for them, but do you think he could become a cap casualty? Yeah, because Bowles has already said yeah, he doesn't fit in with my culture. He doesn't fit in what I want to do on my defense over here. It's time to walk him out the door. But you're looking at a guy that's been high quality on the field. However, he is sitting with a $13 million tag this year. So that's going to be a little tough not to do, especially when they have to look at one thing. Do we let him go over here? Because we are going to have to pay to bring in a backup quarterback to Jameis Winston because we don't know what we're going to get on or off the field with that guy. Before we get to the Patriots and the Raiders, how about the Giants? I know you're close to that team. We've talked about them a little bit on the offensive side, but on the defensive side, what what are some potential cap casualties? Who jumps off uh, the page to you for the New York Giants? Oh, Vernon, uh, definitely he's out the door. They, they, they're they not going to pay a guy $20 million to bring in four or five sacks each year. 
You let him go out. You turn around. You look at this draft or loaded with defensive linemen. You come up early in round two. Let's say Montez Sweet slides down that far. This is an ideal guy for them. Or you turn around and you look at the uh, the guys that are going to be sitting out there on the market right now. Mark Barron is probably going to end up being cut loose by the Los Angeles Rams. This is a guy that you could pick up on the cheap for one year. Another guy that I see uh, moving in with them over there is possibly turning around and jumping in on the McCoy situation. You have McCoy and B.J. Hill along with Tomlinson in the middle of the defensive line over there. Becker is going to get a whole lot more going. It's just burning next year is due $15.25 million. He's 28 years old. Gettleman's not too crazy about him. He's more of that adopted child with the new regime coming in. He, he's definitely a cap, uh, casualty. Deshaun Jackson is going to end up walking at uh, Tampa Bay. And I'm hearing crazy things with Philadelphia right now. They are so strapped that if they end up doing that franchise tag on Nick Foles, they're going to have to lay Jason Peters, and more than likely they're going to have to trade Nelson Aguilar, a quality wide receiver that's come on in the last couple of years, but they can't afford to keep that guy at $9.4 million. Some serious decisions facing the Philadelphia Eagles now just over a season removed from winning the Super Bowl and how quickly things change in the NFL. But then that's the design. That's what the league wants to do. And that so many decisions. We haven't even gotten to the combine yet, let alone the draft. And we've got all these cap situations and then veteran free agency. I mentioned the Oakland Raiders. We've been talking a lot about what John Gruden has done. His first season saw a couple of trades that, well, didn't really work out for him yet, and he's still got decisions. What are some cap casualties waiting for the Oakland Raiders here? Yeah, but you got to look at one thing what John did over there. He did, made the smartest move after a series of stupid ones, and that's by bringing Mike Mayock to run the front office. Right now, you got a guy who knows talent more, more than anyone out there on the planet, you and I included. I think that what we're going to see in the draft over here, they're going to come up early. They're sitting with that number four pick. You got teams like Jacksonville, you got teams like Miami that want to trade up for a quarterback. They're sitting in front of the New York Giants. They can just say, hey, man, what do you want to offer me for number four? And trust me, with Mike Mayako, all he wants to do is to make sure he can keep on going up there with a ticket to the podium. If he could trade that number four and end up with a number two and a number three along the way, that's more fodder for him to build because if you look at this draft poll, I say there were six quality guys in this draft, and then you got yourself maybe about a good 50-second round draft pick types. So you might as well stock up for day two, guys. It'll be very interesting to watch what the Raiders do when we get down the road there, but what about some players such as... Well, I do know one thing that they're definitely going to do. They're going to cause a little bit of a ruckus up in New England because New England is now sitting at a point where Devin McCourty and Dr. Hightower are out there on the ward. Uh, watch not the Hightower end up in silver and black if Mike uh, Mayock has his way. Well, uh, we were going to get to New England and the McCourty twins and some of the others. Before we leave the Raiders, though, A.J. McCarron, Donald Penn, uh, Seth Roberts, even tight end Jared Cook. What, what, what are some, how many cap casualties, how much are they going to clean house in advance of veteran free agency in the draft? 
Well, they know they can't keep Cook, so Cook's definitely going to be gone. And after the year that he had last season, he's definitely going to get some good money. I think what you're going to see with Mayock over there, he's going to go for the more blue-collar types. Uh, he's going to need help on that offensive line, especially on the right side. Uh, Jawan James could be interested to him. Uh, Kelvin Beecham might end up being cut by the Jets, even though he's played on the left side. He does have experience on the other end of the ball. You look at the backfield itself. They got some buku money on uh, cap. Everybody's talking about the Jets going after Le'Veon Bell. Would Le'Veon Bell be an ideal replacement for Marshawn Lynch? You know, Marshawn's getting up there in age. Turn around, too. Let's say he wants to go ahead and rebuild his secondary. You got Drake Kirkpatrick with Cincinnati and Kevin Johnson with Houston. It might end up being salary cap cuts. You turn around, I want to build up my linebacking unit. Go for the crazy man who's going to end up getting cut by Denver and Brandon Marshall. Uh, I need help on my secondary. Daniel Sorensen from KC is probably going to end up getting cut. This is an ideal guy to bring in to play at the strong position. As far as tight end goes, I'm losing Cook, but why don't I go ahead and bring myself in a quality blocker? Bring a kid that started out his career on the left coast, Dwayne Allen from New England. And what about the quarterback, Derek Carr? You've been talking about the relationship with John Gruden since before training camp. That doesn't seem to have gotten better. What do you think they're going to end up doing with him? Well, we'll find out if Mike has handcuffs on Chucky or not, because if it comes up for the number four pick, and there are people who are walking up to the podium singing na-na-na-na, na-na-na-na, we know they're going to end up going for Kyler Murray and Derek Carr's out the door. Wow. I, I, I hope to dear God that if they do go for Kyler Murray, they don't keep Carr there for a year. Remember how awkward it was years ago with Dallas, with Troy Aikman and Steve Walsh? Mm-hmm. It was a completely I different same situation. situation. Right? Imagine so, Chucky. Imagine Chucky with the two of them over there. All of a sudden, you're going to have Flacco and Jackson again. Yep. Well, I was there in Dallas when that happened, but they were both incoming rookies at the same time. Neither was a veteran, so it was uh, certainly an interesting situation. And obviously, the Raiders always a team uh, to keep an eye on. But you had mentioned New England about being active. The McCourty twins. Uh, what's going to happen with them? And, and, and of course, Rob Gronkowski, you've had him headed to WWE since midseason. So uh, there are, those are just some players. And then there are others that they've got to watch, like Adrian Claiborne and, and offensive lineman Trent Brown. If the Detroit Lions do not take T.J. Hawkinson, the Johnny Mackey Award winner out of Iowa, with their first-round draft pick, I am expecting New England to go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, try to trade into the top dozen of the draft and select them. It will probably cost them not only their first-round draft pick this year, but more likely their first-round draft pick next year. But that's okay with Bill because... If he ends up with a guy who I say is the most complete tight end since, well, Gronkowski. So then you turn around and round two, you end up with Ryan Finley, and you started to rebuild your team. Now, remember one thing. Their big problem over there is they had a reject come out of nowhere and take over that left tackle position. They could ill afford to let Trent Brown walk. If Trent Brown walks again, they're going to have some serious issue on their offensive line. And their first-round pick out of Georgia a year ago didn't even get to play due to injury Isaiah Wynn. 
Yeah, but you look at him as, you know, I, I look at Wynn. I'd much rather move him into the interior spot. I, I saw their reasoning for having him go at left tackle. They didn't know what they had in Trent Brown. But now that you know what you got in Trent, you still have some interior linemen over there that, how could I put it, well, they might be blue collar, but they're more lunch pail type. If I can move Wynn into left guard, keep Trent Brown at left tackle, I'm a happy, happy boy, especially with Sonny Michelle running out of the backfield. All of this just getting started for what's going to be a veteran free agency period. And then we've got the combine and, of course, getting ready for the draft. Busy couple of weeks straight ahead, Dave T., and we'll be back to talk about more. Well, next show we come up, folks, I think what we're going to be talking about is my favorite little thing. I get a lot of lists from the teams. Dave, we're headed in Indy. What do you got on so-and-so? Dave, what information you got on this guy? Well, next week we're going to release information on... Who loves who? Who's going to look at what? Who better be at their best behavior? Kyler Murray, you're going to be under the microscope. Can't wait for that, Dave T. Until then, thank you again for your time. Thank you to everyone for listening. And we'll look forward to having you right back here for the next edition of the Scouts Honor Podcast. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.